So welcome. Uh, uh, Nigel, I'm glad you guys made it. I was thinking investing in a Land Rover again and no, <laughs> pulling your leg. We're glad you guys could make it. All right, good. The Lord ministered to you in the time of worship. It's a question. Yeah? The, the Word of God says we minister unto Him. And that's when he starts, that's why you see visions and you hear things in that why, because he starts to reveal his heart. So the other thing is, even the times of worship and that, I want to encourage you. A lot of people don't know how to respond when the presence of God is here, around. So there's different levels in the, and measures of the presence of God. Alright, so there's different measures of the presence of God. But I want to encourage you, and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying this, that, that just... Whether it's that split second you're in the car or when you're at work, whatever, learn to become aware of his presence. Because sometimes, must I do this, must I do that, must I just enjoy his presence? But sometimes there's these moments that you're quiet. Sometimes moments you can sit in there, you're lying down, you're standing, doesn't matter. The fact is, we need to enjoy him. That's what it's about. Amen? Good. So the word I'm going to share this morning, uh, if I can give it a title... I want to call it Family Builds Cities. Families Build Cities. Family Builds Cities. So the thing is this. Last week I started to share with you and I'm just building a, a thing up even for what God is wanting to save in for this year. And I started to share with you and the theme was uh, Beauty for Ashes. And I shared with you out of Isaiah 61 and I'll touch a bit on that this morning again. And... Uh, um, it's been so interesting for some of you um, that might have seen it have come in maybe later now. You'd have seen the papers again yesterday in the current um, about Beauty for Ashes. And uh, Marie, who's actually gone on holiday as well now, today, she actually took the photo, if I'm not mistaken, eh? Or was it Candace? Oh, it's Candace here, sorry. But anyway, um, well, I think Candace took the photo and she put them together and that. But. Um, um, so the thing is about, even you guys know the testimony of the health base, most of the farm was burned down. Um, and the whole thing about, I said, Lord, you know, this happened on the 28th of November last year. And I mean, just nothing was touched in this venue yeah. And I, and I was just amazed. I'm still amazed. And um, what I want to say is, uh, um, I really just, you know, God speaks. You know, God reveals himself through nature. Romans chapter 1 says that. And um, there's things that God speaks and He reveals in the heavens, He reveals in the nature, He reveals through people. And it's like when you see this, this the fire and the devastation and stuff, and you see this absolute green come. And I really feel this is a word as well, um, not just for us, but for the city. Is that there's a beauty that God wants to bring the city. Amen? So whether it's governmental level, whether it's education, whether it's media, whether it's the medical areas, whether it's business, whether whatever, any of these domains in that, that God wants to bring about transformation and reformation. Um, the, the, the spirit in this house is the culture that is carried, is the culture of revival. That is what is in this house. So revival, we've said before, is it is not a bunch of meetings you have every day. That's meetings. But the culture of revival is a lifestyle where you walk like Jesus in the miraculous. You reveal God who He is. You don't just give a theology to people, but you actually reveal Him in power and in love. So, we owe the world an encounter with the living God. 
Alright, so this is what God is doing and he's, he's called us, even as a local house and that, and he's given us favor and that to oversee even other uh, ministries and churches and that, as well as in, uh, in, in other parts of the world. And, and the thing is this, it's the reason why is because if we're faithful to steward with small things, he gives us more. And I've always said this, guys, my multiplications with God at school, it didn't work like this, but <coughs> it never worked. But uh, with God, my calculations is that God and you is a majority. It doesn't take numbers to change a city. It doesn't take numbers to change the world. It took 12. All right? So God and you is a majority. When you start to think like this, you start to think the way with the mind of Christ. Now nothing is impossible. All things now become possible. I don't have anything, but I do have more than I want. Because now there is something. There's a substance that we've been touching on about faith. There's something I can pull in from the unseen to the seen. Alright, so God reveals things and He reveals things to His church. So there's prophetic things He reveals in that to say, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm about to do. He first reveals before He does it. Alright, so that's so important. So part of the word we was sharing, uh, what we do in this house is we build because we build with New Testament blueprints. Okay, that is the apostolic. It goes about accuracy and how we build because God wants to invade the city. He wants to invade the nations and he's looking for a company of people whose hearts and minds are set on him. If your heart and mind is not set on him, then he can't invade you to invade the region. Alright, that's what happened in the church of Jerusalem. And there's a sound going out here. I mean, some of our guests here this morning and visitors and that, I was just listening. I said, how did you find the place? And they said, we saw the board. And we've had how many people, I mean, there's the board on this main road out here. And it's the thing is, but in brackets, it's a sign. Now, that's the thing about signs and wonders. They always point to something. And there's a sound going out. There's a sound, like in Jerusalem, that is going out. Um, uh, even into the into the city, um, guys. I'm telling you now. There's, you know, we, listen to me. We don't listen. We don't have to market this place, because our focus is not trying to get people into the building. We want to see our city changed. So whether it's 12 or 10 or whatever, we will change and influence the city and the nations. I'm telling you now. If you start to think like this, you start to think like Jesus. I don't know if you believe me this morning, but that's what the word actually says. <laughs> we have the mind of Christ. And Jesus saw in 12 people that the world can be changed. Alright, so I'm saying we're not giving free meals out here to get people in the sense that we don't. We, just like Jesus, I mean, he, fed, he, he was moved by compassion. He fed the 5,000 and 4,000. It's not just for the meal. We want to see peoples and the city changed. But we're looking for a people that are building material so that we can see cities and nations transformed. And that's why our prayer is very specific. And I always repeat myself because this is a value in our hearts is that we only want the right building material in the house because the word of God says Jesus builds his church and if he's building the church he has a specific assignment with the local church right so I want to encourage you that that um, even through this house the testimony is going out we don't have to advertise because God you know seems to be doing it lately (laughs) and and the thing is when I say that 
It is a testimony of what God is doing. Guys, I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. If I said, I said in the beginning, God speaks prophetically about stuff. So there's signs and wonders that happen. Some people don't even know how to interpret the signs and things even in nature. Well, why is there a rainbow? Have you read your Bible? What, why is there a rainbow? Because that was a promise God gave to Noah. That's in nature. And people can't even read signs, if you hear what I'm saying. So these things God is revealing, and even when we see these fires, we see the... Do you know how many people in the community in the region, 40, 50, 60, 70 kilometers away, came to put out these fires? There's a sound going out into the city. Why? To gather people here? No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about we're looking for a people that have teachable spirit to be transformed inside so they can transform things outside. Yeah, only if you're transformed on the inside can you transform things outside. Just by the way. If it was about salvation, I gave my heart to Jesus, might as well die and go to heaven. Guys, Jesus never preached that. He preached the kingdom. He preached the message of the kingdom. Healing, miracles. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, heal the leper. There's salvation in it. Okay, let me just, I don't know why I'm sidetracking here, but let me just take one step back. This, this thing, you know, the word says that Jesus came to save the world, right? That word save is the word sozo, right? So that's one of our ministries here as well. But to sozo is the word save, which means healed, delivered, saved. What we were taught for many years was it's about just salvation. That word means salvation, healed, and delivered. So we sit, just imagine this, if you sit with a house full of people, that are saved. But you're not delivered. You're not healed. Well, you can't just be a hospital. There's a place of hospital and recovery and walking out. Do you understand? And this is the kingdom of God. We want to see people healed, restored, and sent out. So, Isaiah 61 goes about this. And guess what? That's all of us. All of us here have gone through this. Broken. Where we had to be set free. Had, we had to be healed. All of us. I stand first in line. Isaiah 61. Um, you know, so we see this. We're going to get to Isaiah 61. The thing of um, what we see, what has even happened here in that, is that we must understand that you might experience something at the moment where you're in crisis. But remember, your cr- the crisis is not the end. Your crisis you're facing is not the end. No matter what it is at the moment, your crisis is not the end, okay? The Word of God says, All things work to the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. So God has a purpose. All things work out when I step into His purposes. What, what might be happening in your life now is not the end. doesn't matter what you're going through, alright? So... The thing is, God is looking for, um, he's looking for a, a people, he's looking for a people in the city to pour out his spirit in that city. And I believe Bloemfontein is a very, very key place, not just in the nation, this nation, but the nations of the earth, I really do. And if you know the spiritual history of what the, the, the generals in the faith that have come here and ministered here, 
I'm telling you, there's things that God wants to break out from this region. But he's looking for a company of people. So Isaiah 61, from verse 1 to 4, we can quickly read. Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 4, says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So this is a prophecy about Jesus, and he, Jesus refers to the New Testament. Okay, So it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good thing, uh, good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Alright? Remember what I said, and I'm just touching on you. It speaks about... God wants to give beauty for ashes, right? He speaks about the depressed. Those who are depressed, He wants to use them to encourage. Those that are, that are, that are being, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, sick, He wants those to become the healers. He's, he's touching on people that have been, that have been in, in, in prison, that people that have been in their certain areas of their life, their weakness, God says, whatever it was, that is what I want to bring a strength through in your life. Alright? And, and the, who is they? They is you and me. And this is what I started saying last week, and again I'm saying, they will rebuild. Who will rebuild the cities? You see, the thing is this, is that many people are waiting for Jesus. Well, I promise you, you're going to still wait. Because there's a harvest that has to come in. And he will not come and return until this harvest comes in. So you and I have an assignment. So this morning at, at 10 minutes past 1, the Lord woke me up. Um, yeah, the Lord has a sense of humor with me. You guys know, so many times these hours of the morning, he woke me up. And, he, and, and I said, okay, Lord, okay, <clears throat> what is this? And uh, there's a scripture. I said, Lord, uh, is this just the time on my bedside clock or what? And the Lord said to me, Psalm 110. It says this. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Just by the way, this is referred to in the, in, in the New Testament. Eh? Jesus speaks about this. Uh, just by the way, point to the person next to you and say, you the body of Christ. All right. So, Jesus went to heaven, the Holy Spirit has come, we the body of Christ, you and me. My Lord said to my Lord, sit to, sit to the right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Who's going to do that? You and me. Alright, so he says here, the Lord, shall be, the, the, Lord, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Zion is the spiritual dimension of the church. It's the church. So God will rule through what? Zion, the church. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. I'm telling you, these people are going to choose volunteers. So here I am. Alright? 
in the beauty of holiness. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. And he carries on here. Um, but I, I specifically felt here the thing of remember I, I shared on this last week about there's beauty. God is beautiful. He speaks about beauty, you know, for ashes. The Bible says, yeah, the beauty of holiness. Last week that was also part of what I shared. So this morning that the Holy Spirit just wakes me up and, and says, okay, just focus on yeah. You know, it was a, a clock next to my bed, one ten. Um, I know some of you were dreaming. I was having the real wake-up dream. I thought I should have been dreaming then. But the thing is this, there's a beauty that God is bringing about through the church. There's a beauty for ashes and the beauty of holiness. All right? Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit because He's holy. So I don't care if you have what anointing and what calling, that Spirit of God is holy. Don't try run away if you live an opposite life compared to Holy Spirit. He's holy, okay? So, the spirit of uh, beauty of holiness. So now, yeah, is a thing in, 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 in uh, Isaiah 61 where we see the, how God starts to rebuild the cities. And I shared about, his, it's, the Bible says, they shall rebuild. And this is what I want to encourage you guys. Areas of our life, there might be broken pieces still. And the enemy gets it right for us to believe the broken pieces. And like we've touched on, our faith is stolen because of what we see. What's it, 2 Corinthians 3 or 1 Corinthians 3? Um, Beholding in the mirror, I've been transformed from glory to glory. Okay? okay, That actually specific message, I'll never forget, I preached in, where was it, in Malawi, that exact scripture. I always will remember it. So, We've been transformed from glory to glory. There's a transformation taking place. Okay? The, God, God is, is saying, listen, I want to take who you are, your brokenness. doesn't matter. Don't focus on what has happened. Don't focus on your mistake. Your past is your past. You see, if Jesus paid the price by shedding his blood, what right do we have to pick that up what he paid for already? You see, the enemy gets it right for us to believe what we might think of ourselves. Any negative thought that we have, we cannot afford to have that thought because it's contrary to the way God thinks. So if you have a negative thought about yourself, it is not a thought of God. So what I'm trying to say this morning is that he has beautiful ashes. There's too many times we live in our mistake or our past, which Jesus already paid for. And the church becomes ineffective to make, the earth belongs to the Lord. The Bible says the earth is his footstool. Right? Psalm 110 touches on this. So, his kingdom is being established. How do we rule and reign? Well, when someone gets healed, when someone is set free, someone is restored, what happens? That is when his footstool is being established on this earth. How does he do it? Through the church. 
So we see in this Isaiah 61, there's this healing taking place, this restoration taking place, and, and we see how um, God says, they, that's you and me, we're going to build the cities, okay? Um, he speaks about... Uh, he speaks about, he says in Isaiah 61, and to grant all those who mourn in Zion. There's something we give. There's something you and I grant people. It's the same as Jesus says, um, I've taught a lot on this about when Jesus says, he says, go into a place, leave your peace there. It's not wish, you know, it's like, literally you can leave the presence of God in the place. Are they worthy to receive what you carry? Are they worthy to receive? If not, take that with Right, and we shared a lot on this last year as well, how you can change atmospheres moving into a place and change the atmosphere. So the thing is, um, there's things that you and I can release which are not maybe tangible, but uh, which are, which, sorry, which are tangible, but they're not maybe always visible. Okay, there's things, it's like people have said this before, I mean, I, again, at us, they, they, also, we also got a guest house and that people come in and they say, um, Actually, there was other people the other day that came. Who came? Someone said that to us. And they said, but whenever they come, they experience the peace and the presence of God in the house. Holy Spirit's looking for a resting place. Just like the dove was sent out, remember? From Noah. Seven came back, couldn't find a resting place came back to, he took it to himself, the word says. Noah took it, the dove to himself. Then the dove went out again. Couldn't find a resting place, came back. Went out with the olive branch, came back, and he sent it forth from himself. Holy Spirit is like, is like the dove. Holy Spirit is looking for a resting place. If you're full of anxiety and fear in your life, Holy Spirit doesn't find a resting place. So that is how Jesus says. He says, when you go into a place, release your peace. Are the people worthy to receive? Meaning, is their heart so disturbed and disrupted that Holy Spirit can't rest? Because when a dove sits in you, physically a dove is not going to sit there if you're restless. Isn't that so? So, the thing is, God is, is wanting us to use us in this city and in nations and towns to bring about transformation. It's real. It's tangible. It's not, oh, we had a wonderful time at church. Woohoo! I got a good church. I mean, treasure hunts, we don't even tell people what church we're from unless they ask us. Because we're not promoting a church, we're promoting Jesus. All right. And Matthew 5 4 says the following. Oh my goodness, I need to get through here. Matthew 5 4, you just need to listen quickly, and I'll speak normal. Alright, Matthew 5, 4 basically says, um, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Alright? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So, you know what? Um, we sometimes tend to resist people that are going through a process. We sometimes resist people that are in a trial and a situation. Hello, I'm speaking to you. Sometimes, oh yeah, yeah that person's going through that. That person's, you know, sometimes there's this thing. I want to tell you something. That the Bible says here, says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There's a time of mourning that we go through. That's fine. Right? 
Um, so we go through these people, we lose loved ones. I mean, um, you know, we lose loved ones. It's, that's part of this journey on this earth here. Um, and that's physically, there's a mourning process. But there's also a comforting process. So part of the mourning process that we go through, we step and we walk through that mourning. And I want to encourage you, don't just step away from people who are mourning in their life. Walk alongside them. But there comes a time that God takes them into a place from mourning into blessing. Mourning into joy. Beauty, which comes forth from the ashes. So the mourning process is so important. The process of wholeness is our mourn to the place of comfort. Alright? But the thing is this, I want to say as well. Sometimes people can also get stuck in this. I'm serious. I, I, I've seen this. I've, I've seen... Um, give you an example. Um, I told you, you know, the story in that my father... Uh, within diagnosed, whatever, two months, dead, cancer, lung cancer. I mean, I, we pray for people that get healed from cancer. They do. We've seen God testimonies. I mean, now I pray for Father, He dies. My bad experience can't determine my theology about who God is. He's only a good Father. I still believe what the Word says. It hasn't changed. Now I take on more and more to see this change. Alright? So, the thing is this, is one of the first things when He died... Um, wonderful friends, they might be ministering sometime soon this year with us, um, Pastor Sam, Deline and that. Uh, what happened was, um, they, they, you know, they just comforted and encouraged and they said, Charles, um, you, know, you know, and he shared something. He said to me this, and I'll never forget, and I did it. it it's, sometimes people make the place of their family like the room, the clothes, this, everything. It becomes this, uh, what's the word? Shrine, like, you know, like, why? Because it's this thing we, we can't let go. And I want to give you a key as well with mourning. If you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. Many people get stuck in the place of mourning and don't come into beauty. It's the same as issues that we have in our life. We get stuck in that, even though we're saved. Because the Bible speaks about prisoners there and captives. A prisoner is someone who's still in jail. A captive is someone who's out of jail but still a captive. They are captive to their past. And many, many Christians have not said, God, I want to get healed. I I, I want to walk this journey. That's why we have a family. That's why we're in the local house. Why? Because, you know, my brother, I'm, I'm hurting you. I'm aching. I'm, I'm just going through this. And we have brothers and sisters to walk with us, but not to stay with us, but to walk with us out. So the mourning is the process. It is a process. And it must be there. But then we walk out. And so that, these friends of ours said to us, they sure. you know, I had all this, I mean, my father's whole apartment, he just built this cottage there by us and Hey man, listen. <laughs> I knew if I lingered, if I lingered there, I'd get stuck. I literally went and took black bags and I literally took everything out the cupboards and put it in his black bags, his clothes, his shoes. Everything I emptied within a couple of hours. 
Because I knew if I had to stand still there, I would have been stuck. And I had to deal with this. I got this stuff. I put it in. I, and I want to tell you now, and I am thank God for it, for these friends. These friends that love us, that's a family of God. That could encourage and say, sure, do this. I mean, I never, well, my mom had died two years prior to that, but it wasn't here. It was staying with us. And um, the thing is, so we got the, you know, this is an amazing breakthrough for me. And, and, and it was, I, I could deal with it. It was done. It, it was, and I could then walk through the process of, of mourning, but also being restored. Right. Now, the, what Isaiah is saying here, he says, we need to go through this. We need to go through here. Matthew speaks about, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Okay. So, it's important to mourn with people who mourn, so that we can rejoice with people who rejoice. Guys, we can't stay there. That's why God gives us his family. Because when we are weak, that person becomes strong with us. They say, come, let me help you. Let's, let's walk with you. And when we are not in that relationship family-wise, the enemy is the one walking with us. And then that's where we get stuck. Okay? Alright. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears will reap with joyful shouting. That's the good news. Yazaziah, Jesus, the prophecy about Jesus. The same, the, the same what he says about in the Old Testament, he says in the New Testament, that that doesn't matter where you were broken, you're going to be healed. Where you're depressed, you're going to walk out with joy. You know, where you were sick or whatever ailments, you're going to be healed. There's the good news about it. And I want to say to you, we owe the world this encounter, that we've been restored and healed and delivered, and now we can go out and heal the communities. Because the world is looking for answers and all we do is criticizing the world. Right, so Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, He will give beauty. The other word for beauty is a garland. He will give a garland for ashes. And basically that word garland means glorify, boast, show glory, become honorable. So God is saying, your ashes is going to become your boast. Hey man. Your ashes is going to become your boast. And, and, and this is the thing is that, you know, Jesus was tested on his identity in, in when he was in the wilderness. If you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, you can throw, you get angels to come on. If you're the son of God, change the stones to bread. If you are what? Son of God. It was his identity. And, when the, and if you believe a wrong identity, you will always believe the lie. That's why we feel ineffective in our workplace, our families, because we don't become relevant sources of, of encouragement and transformation. And God's calling us, I believe this for the city, man. It's really prophetic. God wants to give for the city, wants to give you beauty for the ashes, man. We can't live in the past. Whether it's politics, come on. I mean, yeah, we're a multicultural church. I mean, balanced, totally balanced, yeah. I thank God for that. I mean, my uh, Sutu brothers and stuff, we speak about this stuff about, man, we need to see this. All we're doing is speaking kingdom message. That's why we have multicultural people here. I'm not into so many people, this color, this. I'm not into it. Build kingdom and you get kingdom-minded people. Amen. All right, so I haven't even got to half my message. hope you're listening quickly. All right, um... Alright, so God is saying, you will be able to boast of what God will do from your ashes. Listen to this. 
This will be a testimony in the book of your life. We have books of our lives. It's written in heaven. eh? There's a testimony of your life. Woo! I told you the other day, you know my testimony, I was supposed to be a mercenary. And and then I became a missionary. (laughs) That's a joke. In the kingdom, in the kingdom, we celebrate. I mean, for the enemy, he's shivering. Yes. All right. Um, I'm going to jump over that. I'm going to do this miraculously. Believe miracles. So, in the, I'm going to just go through Nehemiah. If you want to just look with me, Nehemiah, you can have a look at uh, Nehemiah. Just get to the book so long. But just Nehemiah, what's quite interesting is that uh, this is in context what I'm speaking about, beautiful ashes and how God wants to restore people to become restorers. We can only bring restoration when we're restored. We can only bring transformation when we've been transformed. That's what I said when from the start here. I said when the presence and the anointing of God is in a place, the weeds also come up. And a lot of people believe the lie and therefore they run. Literally, I've seen this. And that's why family is so important. Okay, so Nehemiah, by the way, do you know, who knows what Nehemiah means? Nehemiah means comforter. Comforter. Alright, so Nehemiah, what do we know about uh, Nehemiah is interesting, um, is that Nehemiah... Uh, is called to basically restore the gates and the walls of the city of Jerusalem. Um, by the way, you also know that the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. Alright? So, um, Isaiah 60 says, You will call your walls, Isaiah 60 says, You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Okay, so in the book of Nehemiah, what happens, just a bit of history, uh, what happened there is that we see this beautiful picture of how the Holy Spirit um, works in our lives. Okay, so this picture of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives is what we see here with Nehemiah. And um, where the Holy Spirit goes and he wants to restore uh, walls of salvation as well as access places in our lives. Alright? So, what happens is, um, uh, Nehemiah goes and he hears about the broken walls of Jerusalem. And basically, remember, he was see, serving another king. Uh, uh, his word is quite, his name of this king is quite dangerous, this word. No, it's basically Axexius, something like that, the word. Um, uh, is, the, is the king's name. Now, what's also interesting, King Esther also served under this king. The same king. Right? Exusius, something like that. So, anyway, Nehemiah basically is, is, is this cupbearer for this king. And um, so he was bringing, you know, he would be, bring cups, uh, whatever the guy wanted, things like this. The thing about this, um, if, how it worked, if you look depressed, just by the way, in those days, and you came before a king, you will die. You will be killed. You will be put to death. So you had, ha, 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 ha. You had to look happy. I'm serious. That's how it was. I mean, Esther couldn't even go there in the courts. So, what happens is, he goes and, and basically, the, what happens is, the king goes and he asks him. He says, why are you so sad? 
in the presence of the king. Okay? He's not allowed to be sad. And then Nehemiah goes and tells about the walls and the gates and that of, of the city that has been broken and pulled down. And then what happens is that, um, just understand this, in those days is that the Old Testament, the gates and the walls are, are basically, if they're completely open, there's a lot of looting and theft that takes place. That's what would happen. And um, then he basically, uh, the king says, you know, uh, the king then says, what can I do for you? And he says, I would that you send me back to restore the walls and I will come back in this given amount of time. Okay? So he basically says, in this amount of time, I'm going to come back. And the king says, sharp, no problem. The king goes and he commissions him to go back and restore the walls of the city. Do you know that the king, Jesus, commissions the Holy Spirit to come as the comforter to restore and to heal? In Nehemiah 2, you can just write down, um, I'm going to read here quickly, uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, it says here, it says, Furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they might permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the uh, citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Alright? So we see the, the king makes a decree in his favor over him. Do you know there's favor over you and me because we've been decreed and commissioned? That's why we have, I mean this is a small little example. We have people, not even our church, who are busy funding, helping fund, building uh, uh, walkways here outside here. Right now. We have favor. Why? Because God has called us. We know what the assignment is. It's just a small example. So, you understand that Nehemiah didn't live in Jerusalem. He lived in the city, where the, in another a city net where this king was, right? And uh, um, I'm, I'm not going to read. You can write down Nehemiah 2, 11 to 20. But um, what Nehemiah, verse 11 to 20, what in, uh, Nehemiah first goes and does, he inspects the walls. He, he makes, he actually without them seeing, he goes and inspects and writes down, takes note of everything that's needed to be done. And he comes back and uh, he checks everything out. And um, basically, he, he had, he had, the Bible says he had this hope inside of him because of what he was doing. He had this tremendous hope in that. And um, you see, when you look at your problem and you have hope, that is real faith. There's a lot of us that might be hurt and broken in areas of our lives. But when we still have hope, because faith, hope, love. Faith is always connected with hope. If you've lost your hope, you've lost your faith. And if the church has lost hope, we have no faith. So the focus becomes a Sunday meeting instead of the city being transformed. Because it's nice to be gathered with a lot of people. We feel safe. 
No matter what you gain through, don't lose hope. Because you cannot have faith without hope. But the Bible says here, he walks around and he tells the leaders of the, about, of the bad situation. He says, and then he says, we are in this bad situation. He doesn't say you are. Guys, we are in the city. We're in the situation. Our city's in trouble. <coughs> Do you know that you can't fix something that you don't take ownership for in your life? It's easy to be critical and criticize. But if we don't take ownership of something, it's us. It's we in the situation. So Nehemiah does not even uh, live there, but he makes the problem his problem. Okay, And um, basically what happens, he speaks about let's re-arise. And, and, and in, in the dark seasons, there will always be, because what happens, he says, let us arise. And they go and they start. It says they. Let's, us, let's arise and build. It speaks about they. Remember, Isaiah 6 says, and, uh, 61, that they will be rebuilders. Yeah, he says, let us arise. And he says that they will build. And we see what happens here. We see this movement suddenly and this faith arise in the place because suddenly there's hope. And I want to tell you, Bloemfontein has hope. There's hope. <coughs> because hope is in the church. Hope is in the house. And if we don't lose hope, We'll have faith to see things happen in this city and in this nation and the nations of this earth. And so the Bible says, uh, it says, when we arise in the dark seasons, they will, okay, sorry, it says, there will be those resisting you. Now let me tell you something. Suddenly there's resistance that comes about because people here, they want to rebuild. So as soon as you start doing the right thing, this is where many Christians fold. It's because we sit with hurts and hurts and issues in our lives. We arise, woohoo, faith, exciting, yes, let's do this. And as soon as the resistance and the voices come, we back down. Because if we back down and just do church activity, then, we're not in, then we have no effect in the kingdom of darkness. And God says, arise, church, arise. So resistance comes as they start to rebuild the walls. Do you know that the walls were broken for 114 years? And for 70 years, they tried to rebuild the walls. Do you know that Nehemiah stands up and in 52 days they complete it? <laughs> you see, all the people rebuilt the wall. The Bible says this, all the people built the wall where they, the people stayed. So if my house was here in the city... The wall's broken there. That's where I built. Did you hear what I just said there? It was the families that were building. Some of us are too busy. Oh, I've got this program. I've got. We are all busy. But I want to tell you, if you build with your family at that place, so what starts to happen, the enemy sees this. And... Um, I, I want to encourage you, if you as a family, you and your, your husband, wife, your children, and you do these things together, you start building in, in the place of your influence, whether it's the school, whether it's the work, family, if you build from where you are, you have a direct a benefit from building where you are. So they build directly from where they are, their houses. Start building from where you are, guys. Forget about, man, it's not just a Sunday thing. 
Build where you live in, where you as a student start having that influence. It directly benefits you. But something starts to happen. So it's not only men doing it, but it was families doing it. And we know the story where uh, one would take basically have, uh, was standing with swords and others will be busy picking up stones or a shovel or whatever. They were busy like one sword in the hand and the other they were helping to keep. So everyone was involved. It's not the thing of, you know, I'm anointed for this. I'm called for this. When every one of us fulfill the part, doesn't it sound like uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4? That where every part fulfills its purpose. The body is built up. But what happens in the body is built up, it has impact. Alright? It's not my marketing strategies. It is I have influence where I am. Why? Because I've been, I, I, I'm, even though this is tough on me, I, I've, God is restoring me. And as He's restoring me, I'm, I'm leaning in and I'm giving strength. I've said this thing. You and I can never grow unless we have resistance. The first resistance that starts coming, the church scatters. So here's these people, they, ah, they're rebuilding the walls. I want to tell you, if you have resistance, praise and thank God. There's a thing, uh, Bill Johnson says something like this, it goes like this. He says, he's a saying, he says, if you're running in a direction and you have no resistance, it could be that you're running in the same direction as the demons. <laughs> Hello? If you're not having any resistance in your life in what you're doing, then I question, are you busy building the things of the kingdom? Because these people arose, and as soon as they rose, where the favor was there, you know the provision came, the, the wood came from the forest, everything, the favor was there. And as soon as that, <sighs> do you know that it's normally the two that go ahead and the, the majority that stay behind? There were 12 spies. Everyone saw the promise. Ten lived in their fear of their past. And that's why they returned to where they came from. But God is building a people. He's calling us as, as, a, as a house. To have impact. You know the Bible says here in Nehemiah there. It says, uh, when the enemy saw how families protected the workers. And how the workers were families. The Bible says this, the enemy lost heart. That's what it says. Just for time I can read. The enemy loses heart when we stand as a family. And if you just realize that, you realize how important family in a house is. Right, well, I'm glad you listened very quickly. Because I crashed land there, landed there. Um, I just want to say that we transform cities, we transform towns, villages, businesses, education, whatever, through family. Let's see our city changed. Let's see our workplace, our families, wherever we are at, transform. Because God says, I want to give you beauty for ashes. Your weakness 
will become strength. Because the Word of God says that in His weakness, we become strong. Do you know that a lot of us have never found strength as Christians because we've never acknowledged our weakness? In my weakness, I become strong in Him. I find strength in Him, not in my disability. Because I find a beauty for my ashes. We can't stay in the valley of defeat and mourning. We've got to get up, we've got to be restored, and we've got to go. There's a mighty, mighty outpouring and move of the Spirit, I believe, that is coming. And we've seen amazing things happening right now. Watch what's about to break open in a greater dimension. Let's stand to our feet. Father, I just want to thank you this morning um, that we can just share and, and just connect hearts together, Lord. Now, I want to pray for those that are in valleys or in a place of, of defeat or whatever, Lord, that there will be a beauty that they find. Um, I want to pray, Father, those that are connected even to this house, that they would find a strength and a beauty and that a new hope will arise, that their faith will match their hope. A new hope. As you arise in this morning, Lord, in their lives and in our lives, Lord, that a new hope and a strength arises in us, that we'll take on that what you've called us to do in the city and the nations, and Lord, that we'll see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father, that you've not left us as orphans, but you've sent us the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we know that you're with us. And this earth is the footstool of the, your, the Lord. And we thank you that we can be partakers and co-heirs and co-laborers just to continue establishing your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Father, and I just bless these people just with amazing week full of breakthroughs, enough provision, enough finances, enough... Um, uh, just every area that the artists want to decree breakthroughs in families' lives, in, in whatever area that people need the breakthroughs, healing, restoration, resources, in Jesus' name. We just release that, Lord. We release because we know there's power in your word. We just declare that and we agree that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.